our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. your old pal, Dr. Steve. I recently bought a car, and during the process, I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. What a pain. Then I heard about TrueCar.com, a new way to buy a car. At TrueCar.com, you actually see what others paid for the car you're looking for in your area, so you know when you're getting a great price. I went to TrueCar.com and found I would have saved $2,000. I recommend you do the same. At TrueCar.com, just take your savings certificate to a TrueCar certified dealer and forget about the hassle of the old way to buy a car. TrueCar users save an average of $3,000 off the sticker price. So if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free, guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a TrueCar certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Save time, save money, never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. Weird medicine contains mature content may be offensive to some listeners. <laughs> I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent to Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve! It's Weird Medicine. First and still only uncensored medical show in the history of radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal G-Back. Cackling hyena with titanium turds. Hello, G-Back. Howdy, everybody. Whatever time you happen to be listening. (laughs) And we were chastised about that. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you just can't find an answer anywhere else... Give us a call, 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-22-PENIS. Yeah. she likes that one. I prefer 754-BEAR-NIP, but, you know, to each his own. Follow our Twitter feed at Weird Medicine. Follow our uh, website at weirdmedicine.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Get yourself a uh, Big Joe's uh, more, uh, monthly visit, five pieces of bologna uh, water bottle. I don't know why it's a water bottle. It makes no sense. But my nine-year-old thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Perfect. Like, well, nay, nay, she's funny. And, and uh, so now he has a water bottle with his grandmother on it going, five pieces of fried bologna is a balanced diet. 
Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything here on the show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, or whatever. So, uh, wow, what was that? I don't Did know. you do that? No, I didn't touch a thing. You Okay. Maybe that uh, mic stand I moved fell. That could be it. Yeah, GBAC is trying to destroy the studio. Little by little. I'll get this. I'll wreck this place. It's the last thing I do. So I was mentioning my mother-in-law, and then I'm going to mention my sister. I'm just I'm going to piss off everybody in my family today. I've got my nieces on the line right now. Oh, boy. Burn some and we'll bridges. get to her in a minute because we talked about traumatic uh, stress and how that can affect your life. And I was talking about a, a traumatic thing that happened to me. Well, let's just do it now since I'm getting into it. Uh, that happened to me when I was... Um, 10. Jeez. So, uh, and this is my niece, Holly. Hello, Holly. Hello. Hello. <laughs> People will know Holly's voice as she was at one time played a character on the show called Shannon from South Florida. Ah. And that was back when we didn't have as many phone callers and listeners as we do now. We kind of needed a phone call every once in a while. To, ah. And uh, she and and I never asked her to do it, but she just called in with these really fucked up questions. <laughs> Took it upon herself to help the cause. Yeah, and it, she was one of the few callers that we could make fun of because we knew she was my niece. And right. We, and it's fun to make fun of people, but I've always promised that if people call in here with a serious question, I'm not going to fuck with them. Right. You know, I never want anybody to feel sorry that they called, but Shannon from South Florida was an exception to that. Okay. I think we called her asshole the black hole at the center of the galaxy or something like that at one point. I can't remember because she asked some stretchy asshole question. But anyway, anyway, so so this is how I remember it. We were walking. I even remember exactly. We were in Grand Rapids, Michigan, walking down. And I know exactly. I could drive you to... The intersection right now, it was off our neighborhood. I can't remember why we were walking there, but we were walking down from where my junior high school was back to my house. And my niece is two, and she falls down, and she starts crying, right? And my sister doesn't even go to pick her up and, oh, Holly, are you okay? She just turns to me, why did you push her down? And I'm like, I didn't push her down. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Now, first off, this little girl was, she was more like my sister than anything. And I, I loved her so much. I mean, I was eight when she was born. It was like, oh, I'm an uncle. I'm an uncle. I was just so excited. And right, she was right. Absolutely. My fa- still is my favorite person on the face of this earth. I assume your sister's older than you. Yes, 14 oh. years older than me. Oh. This is her daughter. Oh, okay. This is her daughter. Oh, this is her daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Out of wedlock, right? Right, Chowdy? Oh, no, they were actually married. My sister was on one month. Oh, yeah, I got pregnant out of wedlock. She got married okay, when right. she was one month pregnant. <laughs> yeah, okay. All I'm right. Fucking, I don't then care. Then divorced after six months. There you go. Yeah, it was very functional. So, um, so no, I, 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 no judgment. I really, I don't, it's whatever. But we, we all have to get through in different ways. And I, you know, I, 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 made the joke the other day in church that I'd been married to my wife longer than I'd ever been married to anybody. And so <laughs> did that go over like a lead balloon? No, they, uh, I was you in a, that on Facebook too. Yeah, I did. Well, that was, yeah, <laughs> but it was because I, I was in a Methodist church. They thought it was hilarious. Oh, okay. Certain churches wouldn't have been say so a Baptist funny. church. Uh, I don't know if it would have went over as well. Well, and her uncle refused to marry us because I'd been married before. And really? Stuff. Well, he only knew I'd been married once before. <laughs> 
if he'd known I'd been married twice before. Well, anyway, I needed practice. I needed practice to get good at it. That's why. That's that's my line. But anyway, so. Um, but anyway, yeah, so my sister just turns to me immediately and just says, why did you push her down? And I'm like, I didn't do anything. And then uh, Holly has to live with this crazy person. So it's like <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. She's going to identify with her tormentor. And so she just looks at me and says, he pushed me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still mad about it. And to this day, if someone accuses me of something that I didn't do, you know, if I'm doing something, it's bad enough. But if right. I didn't do it and I get accused of it, my ex used to accuse me of having affairs with people. Now, I'm not saying... I wasn't flirting with this person or that, but when she would accuse me of having an affair with someone that I was not ha- indeed having an affair with, it pissed me off. Of course. <laughs> if I want so, to get accused, I might as well. Yes. So anyway, so now we were talking between the shows, and Holly remembers this episode differently, although, interestingly, does remember it. Now, this was, I'm 58, so this was this was 48 years ago. Jeez. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Forty-eight years ago, this happened. Wow. Remember it like it was yesterday. So anyway, so uh, tell your side of this story, Holly, because I remember you accusing me, and I never quite got over the fact that that uh, my sister accused me, and then and then it was like et tu, Holly. You know, when when I got stabbed in the back by this two-year-old. That's great. <laughs> he pushed me. Oh, I remember it. Well. I don't remember that that pushing. I remember a different pushing that, that I, but I remember it as Martha pushed me. My mom pushed me. <laughs> wait, wait, who, who, who? Yeah, who's I Martha? It, as, it was my mom pushing me, not he. Oh, your mom pushed you down. Oh wow! Oh wait, I hit the wrong one. Steve, Steve vindicated after nearly half a century. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed the wrong They're one. Off the hook. I am... <laughs> so after all these years, it was your mother that pushed you down. <laughs> See, I remember you and I talking about it, and I thought that you remembered that, that or that you had had this false memory that I did it. So that's interesting. But and we were talking about memories because. Uh, well, that was the memory of breaking my collarbone. Yeah, now breaking your collarbone, we were you and I were sliding down if I remember right, is we were using a mattress to slide down stairs in my parents' house. Oh man. And then it stopped at the bottom and Holly was yeah, you know, just kept going and broke her <laughs> collarbone. That's how I remember that. Do you how what's your memory of that? That I was in wearing Martha's my mom's high heels. And standing, getting ready to go to church, and she pushed me down the front stairs of the uh, Grand Rapids home. I, I, I don't think that's what happened, unless you broke your collarbone twice, because the this memory I've got was in uh-huh. Elmhurst. Interesting. Well, maybe I, I remember that memory and then associated with breaking my collarbone. Yeah, 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 because I, I remember you were in the figure eight thing, so, yeah. Yeah, because she used to always say, "Get my shoes off! What do you wear my shoes for? You're gonna fall." And then she put. And then you when down I did, the <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh, she went see. Oh my god! Wow, wow! I mean, that's child abuse. That's you know, we can't laugh about that. Oh my god! Except that it, we know the person. 
I've told this the story on this show before about my dad's funeral and how everybody was going, oh, stay after the funeral and we're going to go out and eat. And I'm like, hell no, I'm getting the hell out of here before uh, things go bad. And it ended with my brother and my brother-in-law, which is my sister's husband, in the car going two miles an hour down the streets in this little street in in the mountains of North Carolina behind my sister, yelling at her, trying to entreat her to get back in the car while she's walking in front of them and going to walk to Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and it turned out that the argument was one wanted to cook hot dogs and one wanted to go to a restaurant. And she got she Holy she was gonna done that plenty of time. Oh my god, drama queens are the worst. So anyway, oh lord, I'm gonna walk to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, I have a new crazy family. I think and, every family has one of them, though. Well, uh, and Holly, you might as well stay on for this one. And there's a little bit of a delay. Holly's usually not, um, doesn't sound like uh, she has to think about every word before she says it. There's a little bit of delay on the Skype today. Um, so she's, think of her as a correspondent from from uh, Bahrain, and we're in... She's uh, over at the Gaza Strip right, right, right now. Right, we're right, talking right. through via and, satellite. And, you know, they always ask them a question, and then they just continue to nod and smile for about 10 seconds before they say something. <laughs> yes. That's Holly today. Um uh, my mother-in-law, who we've talked about on the show multiple times, has uh, 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 went with us on vacation. Now, this is the same woman that said, I'm going to go see that movie, black guys dressed up, and it, what she meant was men in black, and she made lasagna with retardo cheese, and she brought my wife some Monique wine, but it was Merlot. And she's not trying to be funny. She thinks that's what this stuff is. Right. And she went on vacation with us, and one of the new things, and I got out the iPad immediately and started writing it down, was uh, that we we had this bocce ball game. You know, bocce ball, you throw out the little white ball, and then you have two two or three balls, I think two, and you try to get your ball closest to the white ball, and you knock the other person It's like an Italian version of, like, horseshoes and croquet almost. I guess, yes. Kind of. (laughs) And we've played this on the beach for years and years and years, ever since the kids were, like, three and four years old, and it's bocce ball. She knows that. And she brought the the set. She always brings her set with her, and we got down to the beach, and she says, Now, boys, y'all want to play that bunghole game? (laughs) (laughs) That bunghole game. And I was like, that bunghole game, jo- Joanne, seriously? That's fantastic. Yes, she thinks that's what it is. That's fantastic. It's got to be, she always gets the first letter right. Yeah. Monique is Merlot. Right. You know, men in black, black guys dressed up, retardo cheese. It starts with an R. It's almost like having to speak like with Snoop Dogg, like faux shizzle. Like you got to kind of figure out what the first letter is. I knew exactly what she meant. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. You're starting to speak it. You know, when uh, when they uh, have Honey Boo Boo and that stuff on and they put the subtitles underneath, I never need the subtitles. <laughs> I understand perfectly what everybody's saying. You're fluent. Which means I've just lived here too fucking long. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that bunghole game. Well, the next thing that she did was uh, one of my, my kid was sleeping with the dog and the dog shit all over his um, uh, cover, uh. right? And so I cleaned it off best I could, but apparently I missed a, a big turd. So that's on me. Oh. 
But I, I bundled it up and I threw it in the washing machine. And I knew it would take two or three loads. I figured I'd do it, run it once on Giant and then come back and I'll run it two or three times and get all the shit off of it, right? Well, she comes home and she, I guess she thought she was doing good. And I appreciate the help, but this ain't, this ain't help. So she takes it out and it still stinks like shit and doesn't think, well, this smells bad. I'm just going to throw it in the dryer. Oh, no. So she throws it in the dryer, and I come in the house, and it stinks to high hell. Oh. It smells like someone <laughs> has taken a turd and baked it in the oven at 150. Say, baked dog shit. In like a slow cooker, oh, right? It's so I'm like, what is that smell? And she's like, well, I don't know, and I, I just took that and put it in the dryer. So I, I take it out of the dryer, and she said, well, I had to run it three or four times. It's still wet. And I take it out. And there is, and I, and I, it's still, I said, this still smells, and I unwrapped it, and there's a giant turd right in the middle of it, just oh, cooked into this thing. And not only garbage. that, so I pulled it out, right, and I look in, and I tweeted a picture of this on my Twitter. You can go back and look at it. Baked into the enamel of the dryer is just pure caked-in shit. Dried dog shit. And I, oh. I said, Joanne, come here. Just come here. I didn't. I'm not going to yell at her because you can't yell at an idiot, right? You know. Right. And I just said, I want you to see what what you've done. <laughs> did you rub her nose in it? What did you do? And and she was like, Oh God. <laughs> and it was. It took. I had. It took forever to clean that out. And oh, I had. I made God. her do it. I made her clean it out. Oh. Uh, with bleach and stuff. And then we ran towels and the sterilizing back and forth, back and forth. Finally got it cleared out. So oh, anyway, disgusting. So. So while we're at the beach, so she was just there for part of the time, right? Uh, we did get her back. Uh, and this, isn't that funny? And there will be some people say, well, you didn't do a very good job of this prank phone call. But just remember, I'm in the middle of a fucking hurricane, okay? But it wasn't that big of a deal, but we were a little stressed out. We were at the beach when Hurricane Arthur hit. All right. And it hit right where we are. But at that time, it was just a Category 1. But for four days before that, they said it was coming. So my mother-in-law would call us and say, well, now you all better watch out. That hurricane's coming. And it wasn't out of, you'd say, well, that's nice. It was out of, no, she was just trying to get shit stirred up with us and get us all nervous and scared because that's the way she is. She catastrophizes about everything, right? So uh, the day of the hurricane comes and we've had four or five days of her just trying to stress us out about this hurricane coming. Well, it's a coming. It's a coming. Oh, Tacey, you better watch out. That thing, you keep them boys inside and all this stuff. And uh, so the, the thing comes and we get a little bit of drizzle and a little bit of rain. But we can't really go out. Right, right. So we decided, meh, Shouldn't what else be. we got to do? Let's make a prank phone call. <laughs> so, so I got some sound effects on my computer. You can't go outside and play bunghole. So you no, we couldn't. Well. Go, right. Good callback. We couldn't go outside and play bunghole. So we stayed in and were bungholes. And so we called poor old Joanne and confirmed her worst fears. And here, this is oh, this is what happened. Poor and I, Joe. I I had to let her off the hook. I couldn't do it. I know Jim Florentine says don't let him off the hook. Opie says don't let him. Off. I had to, but letting her off the hook actually. Ended up kind of being funny. So here we go. Hello. Hello. Oh, first off, and it'll be hard to understand what she says because it's hard anyway. But my boys had called her already. They had butt dialed her and were like yelling and stuff. And that's what gave us the idea. Uh, and, uh, and then she called back to see why they had called because she was sure they were calling because we were having some horrible 
thing happened to us because of this hurricane. Okay, so here you go. Yeah, the, uh, can you hear the hurricane in the background? What? So you can hear me going, get closer to the microphone, Beck. You know, I'm directing them because now the boys are going to get involved. In this. It's too deep to drive cars in and the golf cart's floating away. Roy says, it's too deep to drive cars in and the golf cart is floating away. This is my nine-year-old. All right. What was she yelling? She's yelling, go somewhere safe. We oh. just told her yes. that you can drive a gun. Where are we going to Car, go? Cars are floating away and there's alligators right. outside. But go somewhere <laughs> safe. we call Big Joe Hurricane. So. Oh, the poor woman. <laughs> Gave her a heart attack. That wasn't the best executed prank phone call, oh. but I only had a couple of seconds to pull it off because that's, we knew she was calling back. That's so funny. <laughs> that poor woman. So anyway, there you go. Well, one other thing that happened to me while I was at the at the beach, and Chowdy, you'll get a kick out of this, so I lost the keys to the golf cart, right? I had put them in my... Um, in the little pocket of my uh, bathing suit. Okay. And uh, so I, um, I I went to go get something at the house and get the golf cart, and the, the stupid thing was gone, and the stupid key was gone. Oh, shit. Well, I didn't know they were all the same. So uh, there was a guy there that said, if you just go to the golf, the pro shop, you can get another key. They'll just give you a key. So I had to walk like a mile and then get in the car and drive two or three miles, go get it, come back. No big deal. But it was a pain in the ass. My wife was mad at me. Well, you lost the key. And Wallace is going to be mad at us because we lost the key to his golf cart and all this. It's like, you know, it's not that let's not. Now I know where she gets it from. By the way. (laughs) So anyway, uh, so, but I get home that night and I'm going to take a, uh, a shower, right? And I'm pulling off my drawers and I hear this kind of tinkling sound between my legs. And it's like, what the hell is that? The key. 
is stuck to my scrotum. Oh, God. Yes. That one of those little uh, key ring things. Oh, yeah. It had caught some of my pubic hairs, which oh, obviously geez. need trimming. Oh, and it was just dangling underneath my scrotum. Absolutely true story. Oh, God. And I could have just kept my mouth shut, Little but of course, of course I have to run out and go, look where I found the key and guess where it was. And now my kids think that's hilarious. So anyway, what a dumbass. But how could I not feel that? Yeah, really. And I was in the surf. I was fishing. I was boogie boarding, doing all this stuff. And those stupid keys were just sticking to my damn scrotum hairs. <laughs> Can you please stop bullshitting no. and get to the question? <laughs> We're having fun. God damn, this is about as boring as sex with my wife. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, Holly, I, I do tell my kids cautionary stories about your mother. And uh, one of them is, you know, um, the, <laughs> because if they complain like they don't like their cereal in the morning, I could say, well, you could be Holly. Because her mother used to make her eat Rice Krispies with water. Ew. That's true or false? And how about, uh, yeah, no, that's true. And how about the uh, time she made me eat um, Raisin Bran with ants on it? <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know that story. Yeah. Why? Yeah, she wouldn't. I wanted to go out to play, but she said I had to eat my breakfast. And I poured the bowl of cereal, and I said, there's ants in it. And she's like, no, there aren't. You just eat it. And then I started crying and, you know, just sitting there. And she's like, you better eat it or you're not going. So, of course, I started eating it. While you're crying. Halfway. And then she comes and looks at the bowl, and she goes, oh, there are ants in it. Okay, you can go. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, and this is abject child abuse, and yet, you know, and we shouldn't be laughing about it. But this is 50 years later, and it's so ridiculous, you know. And it's who it is. It's funny. You know, there are people who say, well, you shouldn't be laughing at that, but it's Martha. Oh, that's all you got to do. All you can do. There's one in every family. I know it. Reminds me of someone I know. (laughs) Well, she used to. She used to tell me if I, if, or she used to give me, before putting me on the plane to come to you guys, uh, here, take this if you start to feel uh, plane sickness. And it was kaopectate. Kaopectate. Well, that's not child abuse. That's just yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a placebo. She was giving you a placebo. That wow. was, see, she was a loving mother. Oh, wow. Oh, whatever. She's a- <laughs> and if you can't sleep, if you can't sleep, I'm going to put a suppository in you. Oh, that would be her threat. She would threaten yeah. you with that, or oh, she- she'd do it. <laughs> I don't. Okay, we need to. Okay, we need to do a whole show about this, but yeah. we probably ought to wait till she dies. I'm assuming that she's going to croak before I do. So, wow. What is it about uh, some people that like to make everything a catastrophe? That's know. so strange. I don't know. Yeah, it's getting weird now. It, it, if <laughs> I, I have people in my family, if you said to them, this is nothing, and they said, is there any chance? And you said, there's a tenth of a chance that you could die. They'd be like, the doctor said I could die from this. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how they are. Well, we're hardwired to believe the most catastrophic things. And the reason for that is, and uh, it, it, this is my hypothesis. And it's not just my hypothesis, I've read this elsewhere, that if you are um, a hominid in the African savanna 
And if every time you saw the grass move, you assumed it was a tiger or a lion, right. or at that time a saber-toothed tiger going to kill you, you had a survival advantage over the guy that just went, eh. Probably the wind. Probably nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we're, we may be hardwired as a species to believe the most outlandish things. And that may be why, you know, people would rather believe that they've been a- abducted by aliens rather than a hypnopompic episode, which we have, I think, proven conclusively on the show that that's what that is. Right. But people want to believe that because it's, uh, you know, it's the 1% or the half percent that seems to make more sense. Sure. But anyway. Hmm. Well, all right, Holly. I, this ended up being a bummer because I guess you actually were abused as a child. So <laughs> you came out all right. Oh, I have a bookload of. No, stories. she's not all right. She is way fucked up, but she's delightful <laughs> though. So you need to come up. Just come up and visit. We'll put you on the show. We'll do an hour, just you and me, without the delay. Yeah, I don't have any listeners. <laughs> It's all right. We don't have that many now. It's a, <laughs> one show isn't going to hurt anything. Don't worry about it. All right. Hey, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Always a pleasure. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye, G-Mat. Bye. Nice to meet you. Oh, you can have sex with G-Mat. Oh, shit. She's gone. <laughs> she hot? Well, she's not unattractive. Okay. She doesn't meet my criteria because she doesn't have the big giant tits, but she's my niece, so I, she doesn't have to meet any criteria. I, I know, God, this family is creepy. Yeah, really. <laughs> you sicko. But uh, she was a ballerina. Niece. I used no to bring shit. her around uh, my friends when I was a resident, and she would come to the uh, to the lake, and she could stand there on one leg and pull the other leg up. Oh, wow. So, you know, to where her knee was next to her. Her That's ear, yeah. and the toe is pointing straight up, and one down on the ground, and That's another insane. toe straight up. And my friends would go, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, trying to figure out what they could do with you know somebody that <laughs> could do that something flexible. like that. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, it's like a yeah. gymnast. So she's, uh, yeah, you would like her. And you guys are the right age. How old are you? Forty-eight. Okay, well, she's your, she's your age. Yeah. Okay, so we'll work it out. All right, we'll hook you up. Fair enough. All right, today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Shane, area code 406. Chase. 
Chase, sorry. Chase. Oh, I see it says. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Steve. Okay, yeah, hey, man. What's up? Question for you. Yeah. As I'm laying on my back in bed at night, I have one of my I lay on or I lay on my stomach with one leg up, and in my lower back, there's like a euphoric uh, feeling that starts to build, and it, it it sort of gets uncomfortable, but it builds to a crescendo. Yes. And then it goes away. What is that? I have that, and I have no idea what it is. It's something I've pondered for the longest time, and it's got to be some kind of spinal reflex because, you know, part of the ejaculatory reflex is spinal. And when you start feeling that feeling down in the bottom of your spine and stuff, uh, and I I have that. I can actually induce it. I figured out how to induce it in myself, but I've never read anything on it that says what it is or if it's a general thing. You're the only other person I've ever talked to that has that. I don't get I still understand what you guys are talking about. Well, it's almost impossible to explain. But what, you lay on your back and... and... No, it's you lay on... I lay on my stomach with one of my knees up. You know, sort of like so you're almost on your side, but you're like seven eighths on your stomach. Yep. And then on the lower part of your back, there's a you start to feel like a little euphoric feeling, and it starts to build. And it all the first times it happened, you know, it was real uncomfortable, and I moved. But then I just started waiting it out, and it'll build to a crescendo, and almost like it, it's it's yeah. not an it's not a pain. It's no. like I said, euphoric. And then it's, it like explodes and goes away. And I don't want to say explodes because there's not a real big right. thing no, at no, the end, no. but there's just a it's big crescendo, release right at the end. It's crescendo, decrescendo. That's the best way that I can, yeah. you know. But uh, where do you feel this euphoria? It's like a diamond In your shape. head or in your genitals? I or? feel L- mine in the lower L4, back. L4, L5. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I, and then when yeah, I, you, I'm going to do it right now because I can induce it. Okay, oh, when I do it, there. it kind of works its way up into my sternum even. Jesus. You know, Mine doesn't work in the sternum. It's just that it's like a real, it's I, almost about like a six to eight inch area right there yes. on my lower back that it builds into and then it just goes away. Dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no idea, but let's put the word out. Uh, if anybody else is having that, I want them to call in and maybe we can figure something out. It's got to be a spinal reflex because, like I said, part of the ejaculatory reflex is spinal. And when I... This is not completely dissimilar to part of the feeling I get when I'm having an orgasm, but it is not the same thing. It's almost like if an orgasm has 10 parts, this is maybe one part of that. So this is like a spinal orgasm. Like kind of. Sort of. Kind of. I, I can't you even know, my, only thought, my, my thoughts on it were that, you know, it's, it's almost like my back gets perfectly straight. And all the joints open up, and it's like a release thing or something. Yeah, you know, you what, know what I'm saying. We need Doctor K here. Yeah, or even uh, uh, Doctor Z because we had a chiropractor and an osteopath, and I bet both of them would have at least something to say about it. It's like when I send people to Doctor Scott, he may have some crazy diagnosis that I don't understand from a Western viewpoint, but he's got a diagnosis, right? You know, and people sure, respond sure. to that. They like it. You know, oh, your chi is malodorous. And they go, oh, okay, thanks. Right. You know, whereas I was telling them, you ain't, it's all in your head. You're crazy. And uh, and so they sure, would really sure. appreciate that. Same thing with this. Their, their two theories may be bullshit, but at least they would have one because I have no idea. No, maybe what this guy's saying is right. Maybe he's, like, just realigning himself. And, like, when you, know, you crack your back and it feels good or you yeah, crack your this is your... different than that, though. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, hey, Chase, let's stay in touch. Uh, email me, weirdmedicine at riotcast.com. I'll let you know if I hear from anybody else that has this, and we'll try to uh, uh, All right, sounds good. work it out. Okay? Cool, man. I'm really glad right. you called because I always thought I was just a, well, I am a weirdo, but I would thought in that regard I was alone. I, I, of course, when I well, discovered. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the same thing. I'm glad I got through to you. I usually listen to you uh, 
at night when I'm working on uh, ONA channel. Yeah. And so that's the only time I ever really got to hear you. You know, never had a chance to call live. And then I seen your Twitter feed today. So give yeah. a call so I gave a shot. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you did. That's wild. It's, but, you know, it's, we may find that a lot of people have this. It's like when I discovered masturbation, I thought I was the only one who knew anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I brought my friend Benny Greenstein over to the house to show him how to do it, too. I didn't you know, do it to him. I gave him a silk full art of his own and his own Annie Fanny comic, and we both beat off on separate sides of the room. But I, I was like, dude, I discovered this thing. I'm, You know, so it may be the same thing with us. You know, you know what's really weird? <laughs> when I discovered masturbating, it took me like a year to figure out you can just use your hand. Oh. I used to lay a beach blanket down and... And then fuck it. And fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would just like rinse it out in the bathtub and throw it in the hamper. <laughs> yeah, I when I finally I, I, I never thought of like jerking off, I, but I, I would used fuck to just the sort shit of rub the head of my penis there. Yeah, and then do it, and then ejaculate. I didn't know you could stroke it. Yeah, when yeah. I was when I was in eighth grade, I remember stand sitting behind. I'll just say Kathy G. And she was the girl in eighth grade that had big giant tits. Oh, and she was wearing a sleeveless shirt. And I could just see the edge of that bra. And I knew the goodness that it was holding up. And there was that, just that little fullness there. Yeah. And I'm in eighth grade. We were supposed to be watching a movie. And I just, you know, put my hand in my pocket and stroked my my penis head on my thigh and was able to complete the transaction that way. Now. Yeah. I could never do that now, but that was one of the ways that, you know, back then. Yeah, when you're 12, 13 years old, forget yeah. about it. And jacking off in eighth grade with Mr. Runk sitting next to you, you know, trying to, you know, it was just weird, but felt creepy. <laughs> it's so funny. I just thought about that. I used to fuck t- towels. Yeah, like. well, I, I used, as you know, a silk foulard because right. I was a magician and right. I did a zombie ball routine, which is a floating ball. And yeah, you use yeah. this silk cloth and I used it. I, it took me a long time to figure out you could use lotion or something. Right. And, it, and God help you if you use shampoo and don't wash it off because your dick skin will flake off. Yeah. Or if you use Vicks VapoRub, which I did, Ow. Uh, which works great while you're doing it. It feels all nice and warm. And then that switch goes off after you complete the transaction. And then Pins and needles. Yeah. Well, it's worse than that. It just feels like you dipped your cock in lava. Holy shit. And uh, then I discovered that you could fuck something. That was See, I was just the opposite. I learned later that you could, that you could fuck something. And I would take a, a baggie, a Ziploc, and put... Um, uh, lube in it, and it was usually like suntan lotion or something. Because at the time, you know, it wasn't like I could get my hands on KY lotion right, at right. fourteen. And then I would put it between the mattress and box springs and stick my dick in that and fuck it. Wow, Jesus. crazy the evolution <laughs> of a sex offender. <laughs> 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 well, you didn't. I, you know, I don't know. How you it is there is an evolution there because you have to learn how to do it right, sure, you know. And then sure. other people are like, Well, no, I just use Vaseline and it's like, Well, hell, we got all kinds of Vaseline. I was a Vaseline guy for the longest time. Yeah. yeah. That was really the easiest. But anyway. All right, Chase, keep in touch with me. Weird medicine at riotcast dot com. If I find out anything else about this, I'll let you know. All right, thanks, dude. Okay, buddy. Spinal orgasm. That's incredible. All right, we got a an update on a genius. This guy is a fucking genius. You remember we talked about my nine-year-old swallowing a quarter, and that's yes. when I knew he was a genius? Well, this guy is even more of a genius. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian from RadioFreaks.tv, Ugh. what's going on? 
so I've just been released from the emergency room. Um, last night around midnight, my wife handed me my PO oral medication for my, you know, diabetes and all the other shit that's wrong with me. And uh, I asked her to also grab me a needle for my Lantus, which is my long-acting uh, insulin. And uh, she grabs it for me and hands them to me all in the same fistful. Not thinking anything of it, I didn't even look at it, and I tossed the entire batch of it into my mouth and swallowed. And I, I swallowed the fucking insulin pen needle. Holy shit, dude. Are you shitting me? Seriously, bro. Nope. <laughs> and, and it was like when I asked my kid, how did you swallow a quarter? Did you not know it was in your mouth? He's like, I don't know. And it's, I guess it's the same thing. You know, you have this idea in your brain that these are pills and you throw them in your mouth and you just swallow it. Holy shit. And Steve can, Steve can tell you, I'm taking Bactrim right now, which are big fucking horse pills. So my immediate thought when it was a little tough to get down, I thought, well, the Bactrim must have gone down sideways or something like that. Yeah. Holy shit. So you have a need that did it cap, have insulin though. in it? That was capped. Well, All it wasn't right. the whole syringe. Uh, no, no, I know, but I mean, you know. I mean, he's fat and eats a lot, but <laughs> I wouldn't expect he would be able to swallow a syringe. Without so you had a needle knowing. in your gullet. Yep. How do they get that so out? They, they, they basically took x-rays to figure out where it was, and then they went in. Uh, they waited until surgery, GI surgery came in this morning, and they basically went in, did an endoscopy, and fished it out. Wow. Ow. You know, and I got to say, I, I made... I'm oh, sorry, that's very distracting. How do, you, how do you fish it out? Well, okay, they would use an endoscope, and he, I'm assuming they put you out for this. Am I right, Brian? Oh, you, you would assume that, and they did give me propofol, but they didn't want to knock me out completely. Okay. Because I was because I have you know apneic issues. So you so have. I got yeah. to experience most of it, and okay. I was gagging and vomiting. And oh, it's the gagging part I can't handle. I I had my uh, my colonoscopy done without anesthesia, and that's no problem. But oh god, an upper endoscopy, and that thing is not small. Compared no, to, and they told front. me you won't even you won't even remember any of it. We're gonna knock you out. You, you'll wake up on the other side of it, and we'll have it out of you. Yeah, I was awake for the entire freaking thing. Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Oh. Well, serves you right. Holy <laughs> shit! But the um, <laughs> I, I I may disagree to a certain extent with their approach to this because the needle was capped, and if it was solidly capped, it ain't coming undone unless you've got massive diverticulitis. Uh, I, I probably would have let the thing just pass. I would have x-rayed, x-rayed you to make sure it wasn't stuck in your esophagus, and then I would have x-rayed you a week later to make sure it was not in your colon. Now, the downside to that is if you did perforate, then it's a em- surgical emergency, and this is kind of easy. But the likelihood that that was going to cause you a problem is pretty small, in my opinion. Wow. But it's done. I wasn't going to say so anything before you had it but done. But you would have probably laid even money that he was going to shit it out. Oh, no, I would have laid way more than even money. I would have said 99%. Wow. Yeah. Cause my- so the reason why I'm actually calling was not for your amusement, assholes. <laughs> um, assholes, we're not the one that swallowed a told- needle. <laughs> 
they told they told me on the uh, on the end at the other end of it, all of this shit. Yeah. That I may have Barrett's esophagus. Oh, you may oh, have what? Barrett's esophagus. Barrett. Okay, yeah, Barrett's esophagus. Uh, now, I'm assuming that they took a little biopsy just to confirm that, the diagnosis. Sure, if you say so. Okay, well, I, I well they should have. They should have. Um, Barrett's esophagus is a change in the... Oh, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Debbie said they did not take a biopsy because they couldn't sedate me. Okay, okay. So down the road, they'll probably want to do another one of these. Barrett's esophagus is where you have reflux. It's usually, I mean, that's the hypothesis. Reflux causes inflammation in the lower part of the esophagus, and it changes from one kind of tissue to another kind of tissue. And uh, uh, and the reason that you're concerned about it is it does increase your risk of certain esophageal malignancies down the road, but it's just a risk increase. It doesn't doom you to anything. And are, are you taking anything for reflux now or anything like that, Brian? Yes, this wonderful doctor friend of mine uh, suggested that I try Dexalant because it works so well for him. Yeah. And? And does and it work? it works wonderful. Okay. I love All it. Right. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, yeah, they, you know, they would diagnose this by actually going, just, they don't have microscopic x-ray vision. So there are some typical, uh, typical appearance markers for Barrett's esophagus, but I would think that they would want to get a biopsy down the road. Did they talk to you about getting a, uh, um, a, a repeat endoscopy in the future? Yeah, they want me to go back and, and put me under anesthesia and get a biopsy and okay. do it right. Okay. Now, wow. look, here's the thing. Um, Barrett's esophagus increases your risk by like 0.5%. Okay? Esophageal cancer is still very unusual. Of all the patients I've ever had with cancer, and I've had thousands, a few of them have had esophageal cancer. So if you have Barrett's esophagus, it increases your risk by 0.5% per year. Now, um, the, the fact that you have this means that you're less likely to die from it. Why is that? Because you're going to catch it early, because you're going to have your EGDs done, your esophago-gastroduodenoscopies done, you know, way more frequently than you would if you didn't know you had this. Does that make sense? So it's, yeah. it's like people with cervical, who have cervical changes in their, uh, uh, well, those would be in their cervix, uh, with women are more may be more likely to get cervical cancer, but they're much less likely to die from it because they're going to get their pap smears done or their colposcopies or whatever it is done every year rather than blowing it off. So now you're going to take this a lot more seriously and you're going to go get your, your endoscopy done and you're going to have your repeat and you'll do your repeats and all that stuff. And if anything does start to change, they'll catch it early. And that's all about early detection. You're an EMT. You know that. So this is uh, actually in some ways almost good news, you know, that they found it. The, the, logic, the logic is is that when you know about something, you can take care of it. Whereas if you don't know about it, that's going to be where wind up you. Exactly. So the fact that you are aware of this means that you're much less likely for that to become an issue in the future because you're going to you're going to catch it early. So, so in a in a way, uh, your dumbass move resulted in kind of providence 
because now you're aware of a problem you weren't aware of before, and that may, you know, be very beneficial to you down the road. So there you go. Shit happens for a reason. I I don't even know that I believe that shit happens for a reason, but in this case, uh, it was it was fortuitous. I'm going to just start my own death pool between the diabetes, <laughs> the esophageal cancer, the, the pseudocystin on pancreas, the, the hernias. I'm just going to start my own fucking death pool. Well, it's... it's I, I just got told the other day also that I have rather large tonsils and that at almost 40 years old, I should probably have them taken out. Well, too. that's because of, of your body habitus and that your sleep apnea would be better if they did that. But... If um, here's the thing, there is a, a death pool that you can that you're probably already involved in. It's called term life insurance <laughs> because that's what that is. You know, they figure out you get term life insurance, and they figure, well, you've got these diseases, this disease, this disease. This is how much it's going to cost right. to make it prohibitive for you to continue it beyond the point where we think you're going to die. Right. And then just like the casino, they've got it worked out so that even though they got to pay some out here and they got to pay some out there, they're always going to make a profit. Most people aren't going to die in the next 20 years or whatever. Right, right, right. Right. So, but anyway, all right. You, I, I, I have. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you calling. And, I, you know, I was kind of arguing. If I had been completely open with you last night when you told me about this, I would have said that uh, I disagreed with their approach. But now that they did it this way, I'm really glad that they did. So I'm glad I kept my mouth shut, too. Not that you would have. Right you know, done anything about it, but right. Feel better, brother. Just, you, know what it is? you know what it is, Steve? I don't, and, and I know you, I know you know this. I don't take everything you say as gospel, but I like to use you as a second opinion. Yeah. Sure. To know if I'm at least heading down the right path. Yeah. And, and there was nothing wrong with the way they approached it. As a matter of fact, it did a lot of good. So cool, man. Well, at least you don't right. have to worry about shitting that thing out. Like stupid blowhard in his tooth <laughs> going through his fecal matter. Oh God for um weeks his, his and i was like dude you shit it, it out after the second day and every every time he sifted through his turds from day two to day 14 was 12 days of wasted playing in stool <laughs> yes anyway yeah right, we man. never found the fucking thing anyway no, no he never found it never found it and then we never we tried to raise money for him and and the deal was if we raised two hundred and fifty dollars to get him a new tooth, he would never be on the show again and we didn't get to two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> All right. I, I I told Debbie I was just going to go upstairs and vomit the fucking thing back up again, and all her nurse friends and her all convinced me that that was a terrible idea. That would have been a bad idea. if I punctured my esophagus on the way back up, I'd screwed. Well, that would be unlikely since it's plastic that that would have happened, but I would have been more worried about it getting lodged in your nasopharynx because, you know, when you puke, shit comes out your nose, too, and you can't control that. And if that stupid thing had gotten lodged up in your nose, how are you going to explain that when you go to the emergency room? So, anyway... (laughs) Holy shit. All right, man. Brian, take it easy, man. Brian, feel better, and I just... I want to let you know I'm with you, man. I've been I've been having some serious health issues myself. I, I had a lot of gas recently, so I know what it's like, <laughs> man. <laughs> what an asshole. All right, I'll see you, man. <laughs> All right, he's gone. Yeah, uh, t- tell us a little bit about this gas I, thing. I tweeted you because I yep. swear to you, I've never been a gassy guy. I'm not one of these guys that belches and farts. People are always like farting and shit, and I'm like not a farty or belchy guy. I don't know. I've always had a good digestive system, I guess. And then recently, I've had this, like, 
Like it happened twice in the span of a couple of weeks where I literally thought I was having a heart attack or I yeah. had pain in my chest. And then all of a sudden I let out literally like a windows rattling belch. Yeah. Like, bah! like what the fuck was that? Right, 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 right. And I was like, why is this happening all of a sudden? And I was bloated, you know, my stomach would yep. get bloated, like pants that were loose on me were tight. And then after I'd belch and fart, they'd be loose again. It's like, what is this? Yes. And it was just really weird that it was something so stupid and obvious I I'm a, I don't really drink a lot of different things. I drink coffee and well, water. Well, before you before you give us the answer, I'll tell you the things that I would think about is usually dietary changes, and people who um, uh, you know go on the Vinny Tortorich thing and start eating a lot more fruits and vegetables than they did before, and their the bacteria in their in their um, uh, intestines are not used to this bounty of of new sugars that they can that they can digest that we can't, and people get bloated and fart a lot. That doesn't explain the belching though. So I have an idea, and I, I don't want to be dishonest. You kind of already told me what happened, so I don't want to blurt it out. But go ahead. So it, so those are the kinds of things that we think about. Why this didn't dawn on me, I don't know. But like I said, I don't have a lot of variety in my choices of beverage. I drink water. And coffee, and that's about it. Once yeah. in a while, I'll have a tea. That's all I've ever seen you drink. I, that's it. You know, I'll have a, I'll have a sweet tea or whatever. Except once one time on this show, you drank beer and then started shouting n words <laughs> and stuff. No, it wasn't beer. It was uh, it was uh, oh the Bloody Marys, Chef's Bloody Marys, yeah, yes. Chef Mike's Bloody Marys, which are on our website by the way, and our drsteve.com. Hell of a recipe. Yep. But but for for some reason, for some variety, recently when I was shopping last time, I said, "Let me try some of these flavored seltzers." And there was a couple that were really good. And I went yeah. back and tried some more, and they get like kiwi, lime, and strawberry. Are they good? They're really freaking tasty. Okay. And according to this thing, it's like zero sugar, zero right. carbs. It's just flavored seltzer, and they were really good. But I didn't realize, I guess, drinking all this carbonated beverages, yep. and it- I'm not used to it because I don't drink soda. That I'm not a soda drinker. Carbon dioxide's got to go somewhere. Wow, did this blast me out. People drink sodas and feel bloated and stuff. It's like, dude, that cut out the sodas. A lot of times that's all you have to do because you're drinking in uh, this water that's been that has carbon dioxide dissolved in it. And it's it will come out of solution eventually. And the more you heat it, the more the carbon dioxide will come out of solution. And if your stomach is pretty quick at moving stuff, some of it can make it into your intestine, and the the, the gas is going somewhere. Right, right. And you can you may even be able to absorb a little bit of it, but the it's it's just you're either going to belch it out or you're going to fart it out, one or the other. I don't know how people drink all that coke and this and that. I don't know how people live on all that carbonated shit because it was killing me. <laughs> I used to be able to uh, inhale, and I can still do it, but I, I I prefer not to at this point. This was like in the eighth grade. I can swallow a bunch of air and then belch out, Me and too. I could belch out the alphabet. Yeah, I can do that. But you can never belch out all of it. And then I would always notice that about 8 to 12 hours later, I'd fart like crazy. And so I learned if I was going to go someplace and I wanted to be able to fart, I would just swallow a bunch of air because it's it it has to go somewhere. It has to go. It's either going to come out your mouth or come out your ass. Right. Oh, so. it's, it's like when they when they did um, when I had my gallbladder removed and they had to blow up my, uh, you know, they had to pour all that air in there so they yeah. can... Yeah, that gas. Now comes that gets absorbed because they said you might fart or or belch a lot, and I never did. No, 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 like, no. If in in your abdominal cavity, it can't get into your gut unless there unless there's a hole in your gut, which okay. is a fistula, which would be bad. Okay. So when they pump gas into your peritoneal cavity, that has to be resorbed, but it'll it can take days to weeks to resorb it all. 
Okay. And like if you do an X-ray on someone that's just had surgery, you'll see air under their diaphragm for a while. Hmm. Yeah, we could get a radiologist to tell us exactly how long, but it'll take a while. So weird. I know. So anyway, there you go. So belching and fry. We should have ended the show there. Yes. Oh, did we do? We didn't do the live reads, did we? Um, I'll make it real quick. Amazon.drsteve.com. Amazon.drsteve.com. Go there, bookmark it, use it when you go to Amazon. It helps keep us on the air. It really makes a huge difference. Uh, we've been able to, you know, upgrade our equipment, and uh, we're going to have a two or three camera shoot and some lights in here, and that's, you know, that's fancy. Re- you know, it, yeah. Well, people. I don't know why they want to see the back of my head. I don't either. If you go to ustream.com slash channels slash drsteve202, or if you just go to uh, riotcast.com, you can watch us live. Uh, uh, I I don't know what the allure is of having that video element. I don't either. I think theater theater of the mind is always better, but I don't know. But anyway, uh, you know, those those things were paid for by that. So we really appreciate it. And uh, just buy everything. (laughs) <laughs> buy local, but when you don't buy local, buy from Amazon. If you buy from Amazon, go to amazon.drsteve.com. The other thing is gamefly.com slash fluid. You have, you're playing games. You need a Gamefly account. You get a deal. It's like a two-week free trial. Gamefly.com slash fluid. And then don't forget tweakedaudio.com. Use the offer code fluid. There are earbuds. You can hold some of those up right now for the video users. Uh, those are tweaked audio earbuds. They are incredible for the price. And they're incredible anyway, but they're incredible for the price. My kids use them every time we go on trips. Uh, they can, uh, you know, stick it in their iPod and watch movies and stuff and uh, leave us alone. And when they have them on, I can turn on Opie and Anthony or Howard Stern or whatever I want to right. listen to and not worry about them hearing something and being a bad parent. So uh, it's tweakedaudio.com. They got stuff from 14 to $49. And if you put in offer code FLUID, you get 33% off. You can't beat it. Phones, iPods, gaming systems, everything takes earbuds now. Right. And you might as well have a couple Everybody of knows pairs. what earbuds are for. Thank you. You know what I mean? That. So uh, for, for the price that they are on, on that thing, right. you could have... Ten pair because you're going to lose them, forget them. For the price, there's none better. That's it. Order five pairs of them. You never have to go search for them. Well, order three and you only pay for two. Perfect. Okay. Or order six and pay for four. There you go. (laughs) Very good. All right. Let's see here. Dr. Steve, what's going on? Got a question. I'm a little stopped up. I, I sit down a lot, but at the end of my day, I do walk because I heard that helps. So I walk, you know, I walk about a mile, mile and a half, and uh, drink plenty of water. So I was wondering, can I take that stuff that you use before they stick that tube up your ass? What is that stuff called? Because I was going to drink some and just clean my whole self, my whole system out. Thanks, Doctor Steve. Have a great day. All right, man. I think he's talking about Miralax. That's what they use for the bowel preps. And usually, when you're doing a bowel prep for colonoscopy, you take a whole bottle of the stuff. And they'll have a, uh, and I don't recommend that. You should only do that under a doctor's supervision for a colonoscopy prep. Uh, or yeah, you'll you know, shit for like, what, a whole day? Oh, it's unbelievable. You? Well, we used to have this stuff called Fleet's Phosphosoda, which is what they gave No Filter Paul. You remember when yes. Opie and Anthony made him do that and he yes. shit all over the studio? <laughs> that stuff was so forceful that I remember I, I felt like if I stood up and bent over, I could shoot a wall 20 feet behind me with the stuff oh, that was coming out God. of my ass. I mean, it would just shoot out. Oh. 
And then uh, the last time I did it, it felt like I filled the pot up and I stood up and it was as clear as a mountain stream. You could have drunk it. No. That's, it was just absolutely clear. No tinge of cloudiness in the bowl. Nothing. Wow. That's how amazing that stuff was. Which also gives the lie to that whole thing about the you know, seven years of concretions in your bowel and stuff. Anybody who's ever done a colonoscopy knows that's not true. Right. But anyway, so yeah, this guy, uh, uh, Miralax is, uh, is pretty good. But it takes a couple of days, and really, it um, you know, you take a capful today, maybe two capfuls tomorrow, and then you'll shit. For acute constipation, uh, if you're really blocked up, some people will take uh, the stuff you can buy over the counter called magnesium citrate. It's real sour tasting, and it works pretty quick. But uh, if you're just going to use it every once in a while, using a Dulcolax or a Senecot S, you just buy it over the counter, talk to the pharmacist. It's a bowel stimulant. Most of the time, that'll do it. If it's hard, rocky stool like you had that's yeah, hard to oof. push out, a glycerin suppository put in first will lube it up. And then if you still can't get it out, then using this bowel stimulant like Dulcolax. But only use them every once in a while. If you use them all the time, you can get dependent on them big time. Like a nose spray. Yeah. Huh. All right. Fair enough. Thanks always. Go to GVAC. Fuck P.A. John. Fuck him. Thank everybody on the Riotcast Network. Uh, many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. And we'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Comfortably Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.